Yeah, hold that, please. Level five, thank you. Ah, you must be one of our new interns. Yeah, hi. Nice to meet you. Hi. Now, the most important thing to know is to attend the Biparsal Rise plug sale. The most important thing is what? Sorry. The single most important thing is to attend the Channelized Bing Bingus at the Biparsal Rise plug sale, and you'll be fine. Uh, yeah, that sounds important. Does work chat all sound like gibberish to you? Find collaborative articles with tips from the LinkedIn community to help you get through those tricky conversations. Making work make sense? LinkedIn knows how. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Hello and welcome to the following on podcast from TalkSport. I'm John Norman. Uh, looking back at another super over, what is it about England and New Zealand in 2019? And what do New Zealand have to do to get past England as well? Incredible final day's play when actually we were uh, expecting it to be honours even. The forecast terrible, but in the end, uh, the action was quite superb. I'm looking back at the five-match T20 series here in Auckland with John Etheridge from The Sun. And you're listening to the following on Cricket Podcast. So, John Etheridge, thanks for uh, being part of the following on podcast this week. Gareth Batty is uh, otherwise engaged for uh, reasons that will become apparent in the next uh, few days, I'm sure. Uh, but thoughts uh, uh, going back to the UK from here in New Zealand, where for a large part of today, John, I don't know about you, but I've been watching the forecast for the last few days and confidently writing off any chance of play. It certainly seemed that way for uh, a couple of hours, but in the end, 11 over cricket seems to be, uh, well, we've got 10 over, we've got 50 over, we've got 20 over, we've got, I mean, basically, we, we, we need a sixth format, don't we? Uh, it, I don't know what it is about Eden Park, but it certainly conjures up pretty dramatic games of cricket and we've got another one today. Yeah, you're right. I mean, it absolutely hosed down and everyone was sort of almost ready to pack their bags and go home because uh, it was a true deluge. But the drainage at Eden Park, which is, of course, more famous probably as a sort of a cathedral of... Uh, New Zealand rugby, but uh, the drainage was fantastic, and the water just disappeared. And uh, better than Lords, really. I mean, ma- amazing, amazing drainage. And um, yeah, the game was 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 playing within you know, less than an hour of the rain of rain stopping. And uh, eleven overs aside, a short, a shortened match, as you say, but uh, an imaginable drama again. You couldn't make it up. Another super over. It was ridiculous. Um, I mean, what did New Zealand have to do to beat England? You know, on on there was a couple of occasions today. I mean, let me have a quick look at the old uh, the the jotter, the notebook. But there were a couple of 
times today I looked at the game and thought, well, there's no way England can win this. I mean, they were 83 for one. They were 55 without loss after three overs, which I think was the best power play score they had in the entire series uh, with half the overs available. Um, I mean, Seifert came in and bashed 39 from 16. And then in reply, England were nine for two, 39 for three. Um, and at the four or five over stage, it just didn't give them a prayer. But even looking at the scorecard, I can't quite work out how England won. Because you look at New Zealand, you see a 50 for Guptill, 46 for Munro, 39 for Seifert. But after Bairstow's 47, the next highest score is 24 from Sam Curran. And those two batsmen were dismissed within two balls of each other. It doesn't actually make any sense at all. Yeah, perhaps the scores we didn't add up right this time. <laughs> but no, I mean... Um, you're right, 55 for not after three overs. Astonishing sort of uh, assault right in the first few overs from uh, Guptill and, and Munro. And England dragged it back a little bit, but all the all five England bowlers went for at least you know 10 runs and over. So it was pretty brutal stuff uh, you know, uh, to be a bowler t- today. Um, but when Bearstow and Sam Curran were going together, England really probably should have won. You know, they're, they're, they're smashing it everywhere. And then um, Bearstow nicked off and, and Curran got out. And, and back Tom Curran and Billings got a little bit bogged down and it, it needed... Um, Chris Jordan to come in and hit 12 from the, you know, the final three balls of the innings, um, six, two, and then four to, to level the scores and uh, go, go to the Super Over. But uh, it was you know, a, a really kind of fluctuating day. And for people who had stayed and braved the rain and think, you know, and they were well rewarded for their, for their patience. Absolutely. Well, let's have a look at the series as a whole, because anybody listening to the podcast will know pretty much what's happened in that final match um, of this five game series. But you mentioned Chris Jordan there. You know, he was actually, um, you know, he's been on the fringes really, or he's been out of the 50 over side for quite some time. And 20 over cricket seems to be where England see his future. But he came into this squad aware that there's a World T20 this time next year. Seven players arrested. And really, there was a bit of a bun fight between oh, seven or eight players on this series for possibly two or three positions. Chris Jordan with ball. And bat, you mentioned the the 12 runs he scored or whatever it was that he scored. Uh, Yeah, 12 runs he scored off three deliveries. He also blasted 25 of 26, didn't he, of uh, an East Sodi over in the third T20. Weighed in with some pretty impressive spells with the ball. If we to go through the players on the fringes in this 5T20 series, you'd have to say, um, from the bowler's perspective, he has reminded everybody that he's more than worthy of a place within the World T20 squad. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, his best mate in cricket is, is Joffre, of course. Joffre Archer, who was the man who bowled the Super over famously in the World Cup final at Lords on, on July the 14th. So I think a bit of banter between the two of them in terms of bowling Super Overs. And of course, Jordan had bowled one previously a couple of years ago uh, in Sharjah. I think he only went for two runs in that. That was, that was against Pakistan in, in another uh, tired match. So his ability to bowl Yorkers almost almost um, on demand in those Super Overs is a great quality to have. And of course, he's probably... The best field that England have ever had. I mean, he just doesn't drop catches, really. I mean, he's a phenomenal uh, fielder, a brilliant pair of hands. So I think he, he's certainly uh, enhanced his, his cause. And I think it'll be interesting that the, the next T20 matches that England play are three games in South Africa in February. I think they'll, you know, depending on workload and, and, and sort of resting people, I think they'll try to pick pretty much their strongest squad for that. So the, all, the, all the big guns, you know, Butler and uh, Stokes, Joffrey Archer himself, all those guys... Jason Roy will probably come back in into the squad. So 
it, there's going to be a real uh, squeeze for, for places. And, and uh, you know, England have got some pretty tricky um, selection decisions to make. Absolutely. Uh, looking at some of those selection decisions, another couple of guys, certainly at the start of this five-match series, where you just saw a professionalism isn't the right word, but they lent on their experience. They've been in and around the circuit for a couple of years now. Uh, and while still relative newcomers to international cricket, the brothers Sam and Tom Curran just had a little bit of nous about them that maybe some of the other new guys didn't have. Very, very impressive at the start of the, the series. They got a little bit of tap towards the end of it. But again, both the Curran brothers certainly doing their case for inclusion with the World T20 squad, uh, no harm whatsoever. Yeah, I, mean, so I was I was surprised, actually, that Sam Cohen had not played a T20 mm-hmm. international before. He seems to be around for a couple of years, obviously had a big impact to, in Test cricket. And, but this, he actually made his, his T20 debut on, on this tour. But, uh, you know, he's got that ability to swing the ball, isn't he? And uh, he's just a guy who makes things happen. Whatever format he plays, things happen. I mean, uh, and he bats well. He, he, he was promoted up the order a little bit today and, and uh, had a little cameo, which took England close to winning the game you know, before the Super over. So, yeah, I think the Curran brothers are very much in the picture in terms of selection for that. You know, it's all gearing up towards the, the World T20, the World 2020 Cup in Australia one year from now. Um, the 15-man squad, I guess, maybe 16, probably 15. And the likes of you know, Tom and Sam Curran are very much in, in the picture. There's probably going to be maybe 20, 22 players England uh, are looking at and they've got to whittle it down to 15, which is going to be... Uh, you know, pretty tricky in some situations. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, speaking to Gareth Batty, uh, and he says that actually it was Sam's IPL gig this year. He said he came back a different person. You know, he he looks so young, doesn't he? Even for people of our generation, you know, he's uh, younger. He's probably your son's age, actually, maybe even younger than him. Um, but he's certainly closer in age to my son, and my son's two than I am to Sam. But um, yeah, interesting to see. Um, looking at some of the other players then, so we saw the first glimpse of Saqib Mahmood, saw first glimpse of Pat Brown, saw first glimpse of Matthew Parkinson. And um, what did you make of uh, of their fortunes, those three, throughout this series? Yeah, Saqib Mahmood you know, came here, everyone said, you know, real pace. And uh, I don't think he really uh, bowled you know, absolutely flat. He wasn't 90 miles an hour plus, he was going to mid-80s. Uh, did okay. A couple of games took a bit of tap. He did actually better today in what was a you know a, a really tough match for bowlers. He 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 performed quite well today. His first over was particularly uh, tidy under the circumstances. Uh, Pat Brown, lots of variations and knuckle balls, bouncers, slower ball bouncers, possibly almost too many variations. Perhaps perhaps you know sometimes just bowl or hit hit the deck. You know, back, bowl a hard length is the way to go. Perhaps he bowled perhaps too many variations possibly. Um, and who's that? Matt Parkinson, did you say? Mm. Matt Parkinson, I think he, he played two games, but he took five wickets. Uh, in the first game, only bowled two overs, took a wicket. Second game, the, the high-scoring game, when England got that huge total in Napier, he took four wickets. He, he went for some runs, but he, but he it was not frightened to toss the ball up. This short boundaries, particularly square there. And uh, I think he, he advanced his cause probably more than most amongst the bowlers. Um, Owen Morgan says that... Um, Adil Rashid is still the number one spinner for England. So you've got Rashid as the, 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 the number one spinner in white ball cricket. The likes of Moen Ali, uh, Liam Dawson, and now Matt Parkinson sort of jostling for position behind behind Rashid. But you know Rashid's got a bit of a wonky shoulder, and uh, if if that you know, can continue to you know, to cause him trouble and and, and and jip, then I think Parkinson might be the one to uh, uh, to step in. Of course, he's he's still 
going to stay in New Zealand as part of the Test squad. He, unlikely to play in the Test series because Jack Leach is the number one spinner in Test cricket. But I think Joe Root sees him as a possible guy, sort of mystery spin, wrist spin, googlies, that sort of stuff, who, um, you know, the sort of player they want in Australia in the next Ashes series away from home. So I think he, he's, you know, he's been groomed that, uh, you know, to maybe to play a part in that series in a couple of years' time down under. Mm, that's interesting, actually, because there's also two test series against Sri Lanka at the end of March. Now, we were only just there a couple of years ago, weren't we? not even a couple of years ago, it was this time last year. England went in with three spinners, Ali, Rashid and Leach. It's unlikely Rashid will be going back, so maybe that is also another area where Parkinson can uh, be given an opportunity. And I think I'm right in thinking that he was given a big bash contract last year. Oh, no, that was Livingston, actually, wasn't it? So, um, well, look, we shall see. I, I agree with you. I think if England are going to go in with a third spinner, um, then it's pretty much it's going to be him, isn't it? So, uh, yeah, I think he's performed pretty well. Brown and the variations. I just wonder when you have got Jordan, you have got Tom Curran, maybe that type of bowler, you're stocked. Um, I think England are going to want to go to Australia with at least one left armour. So maybe the decision's going to be made that it'll go the way of Sam Curran. I mean, is David Willey still uh, in, in, the, in the reckoning for the, the T20 game? I think probably Willey's you know, probably played his last game for England. Liam Plunkett, likewise. I mean, he, he's been quite harshly dealt with, really. I mean, he, he took three weeks in the World Cup final. And he's not played since. And he, no prospect of him playing, really, since. Uh, I mean, Reese Topley, of course, was involved two or three years ago. He, he, was, he was the left-arm bowler in the last World T20 in India when England... Well, probably should have won, shouldn't they? They obviously famously Brathwaite hit Stokes for four straight sixes in that final over. So, but he's had a lot of um, injury problems. Just sort of signed for Surrey from Sussex, upset a few people, I think. But but uh, but that's you know he's um, um, got skills, left arm skills, tall bloke, you know. Uh, so he's possibly somebody who c- could come back into the frame. But clearly, he's just just got to play cricket really and get a, some 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 um, matches under under his belt. So yeah, lots of options, but. Uh, in terms of left armers at the moment, Sam Curran would be the number one, yeah. Yeah, Reese Topley is an interesting one, isn't he? Because he did play in that West Indies final. He, he, I mean, he went the distance, didn't he? Actually, was it the final? No, it was, it was, one the, it was the third group game, I think. Uh, Chris Gale really uh, went to town. Um, he hasn't played for England again. But, you know, moving to Surrey is not the worst club to go to if you want to have a little bit of a, you know, be a bit more high profile, uh, a good season for them. And and you never know, because he does have the pace that maybe Sam Curran lacks. Um, looking at the rest of the team, I mean, Chris Wokes is an interesting one. Again, speaking to Gareth, he's very much of the opinion that Chris Wokes is one of Owen Morgan's main men. But most people don't feel that he was one of the rested guys. Is He's still got a place within the T20 setup. Yeah, I mean, I think he's got a place. Certainly, I mean, his performances at home are much better than they are away from home. You know, that's been a bit of a thing for him for the last two or three years. Top performer in England in in his home conditions, less effective overseas. Um, I mean, there's Mark Wood, of course. I mean, you know, lots of guys who are not here. You know, Mark Wood certainly obviously played in the World Cup final, key key man in the in the World Cup campaign. So. In terms of bowling options, England are well stocked. Obviously, Stokes would play as the all-rounder. Archer would come into the first, the first team as well um, when he's uh, when he's not being rested. So, you know, the, the fast bowling cupboard is, is pretty well stocked. 
Okay, so let's have a look at the batting. Um, if we were to look at a 15-man squad for the World T20, which I, I think it is a 15-man squad, uh, and you're looking at the bowlers, I imagine at this stage, if you take uh, the likes of Stokes out of the equation as an all-rounder, you know, Moeen Ali comes back into the side, Adil Rashid, possibly Parkinson as the backup spinner, and then Jordan, Tom Curran, two guys capable of bowling in power play and at death. Sam Curran with the left arm option. Um, and then maybe a Wood comes back into the side, possibly, or, or a top play. There's one one place still up for grabs. Bowling-wise, uh, batting-wise, though, you've got Roy, Bairstow, Morgan, Butler, Stokes as your rounder, uh, absolutely nailed on. There was some talk that Joe Root wouldn't make the squad. Do you expect to see him in Australia next year? I think Root's an interesting one. I mean, he, he, he wants to play. He wants to play in all three formats for England. But, uh, you know, he, his 2020 batting has probably regressed a little bit in the last year or two. I mean, the game you mentioned when Chris Gale got after Reese Topley, England actually won that match. England chased 230 against the West Indies in Mumbai. And Root scored 80-odd at, you know, off you know, strike rate of 200 off, off 40-odd balls. And it was absolutely brilliant. But, you know, he, he had a disappointing time in the big batch last winter for Sydney Thunder and he hasn't really done a great deal in T20 in fact he was dropped for one game in the summer wasn't he at home for a T20 match against Pakistan in Cardiff I think he was left out for that one but he, he's made it clear he wants to be involved in the T20 team wants to play all three formats I mean there's some merit perhaps in saying well okay Joe you know, you're the test captain you're a key man for the 50 over team maybe give up T20 but he doesn't want to do that so but anyway um David Milan's performances here on this tour, you know, I mean, he's been tremendous. Obviously, that that really eye-catching, I think it was 48-ball 100 in Napier, the fastest ever made for England in a T20 match. You know, he, he would be somebody who's really breathing down Joe Root's neck. And um, they like Root. You know, he's obviously his test captain, a senior man, you know, unselfish, part of the sort of brains trust, very popular guy around the place. So, you know, England have a lot of loyalty to Joe Root and Owen Morgan certainly has but uh, Milan his case is 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 pretty persuasive at the moment he's I think he's got made six half centuries in nine T20 internationals his average is 57 and his strike rate across his career is 156 I mean they're hugely impressive figures and they needed to be didn't they because to get into this side you need to do something quite ridiculous he has actually managed to do that you know it was an exquisite innings the other day but it's not a one-off um, there's a consistency there as well, and he's scoring at good rates. So, you know, that is a decision that they've got to make. There are other decisions as well. I mean, it may this may be a World T20 too soon for someone uh, of the luck of Tom Banton. He's not going to get a huge amount of opportunity between then and now. Alex Hales remains, for me, on the outer. He's not part of this squad. Fell foul of the Brains Trust. That Brains Trust... Uh, under Owen Morgan isn't going to change before the World T20. So I can't see him forcing his way back into the side. Then you've got the likes of Joe Denley and James Vince. Um, Denley, unfortunate with injury. Again, you get into a point where you're not going to get that many opportunities to get back into this side. And James Vince, once again, pretty 30s, 40s and a 50. I mean, he's, he, he played really well. But Milan has shown that to get into the side, you need to be scoring match winning centuries. And Vince didn't do that. Yeah, I mean, it's possible that James Vince has played his last game for England. I mean, one or two people might have thought that previously, but uh, he sort of did okay. He got a 50 in the first game, and it was England won. A 49, I think it was, when England lost in in Nelson. Um, dropped two or three catches, you know, didn't do anything in the last couple of games. Um, I, I mean, I think what is a big decision England have got to make, what to do with Joss Butler. 
Joss Butler has been opening in, in T20 cricket recently. Now, if, 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 if Butler stays as an opener, that kind of limits the, you know, limits the options in terms of Milan and Bairstow, obviously Roy. You'd imagine that if, if, if Butler opened, he'd probably open with Roy and probably Bairstow at three and Morgan at four, which means that Milan doesn't get into the side. But if, if Butler goes back to his old role as down at, down at five, then there's a chance for somebody else at number three, maybe Milan at three. You know? So, so it, it's... That's a quite a fundamental decision to the whole sort of makeup uh, of the of the T Twenty team. Well, the other thing on Milan actually, which um, uh, we spoke to Ian Morgan after the after the century in Naples. You know, everyone was saying it was fantastic innings. You know, one hundred and forty eight balls, England's second only only the second hundred ever in T Twenty cricket. Uh, but sort of totally unprompted and out of the blue, Morgan said, "Well." Um, but, you know, he made a, a little barb, really. That he the, the final ball of the innings was a bouncer, which Sam Billings missed, and he um, Milan didn't run. It, was, it would have been a risky single. He might have got out, but Morgan said, "Well, we can't have people not not running because they might get out because they, you know because they want to get want to make sure they're not out." So England scored two hundred and forty-one for three. I mean, it might have been two hundred and forty-two if they'd run the bye, uh, but Morgan was kind of. Uh, annoyed that Milan chose not to run and sort of to protect his his not out in Morgan's in Morgan's eyes and uh, you know he wants people who are totally team driven you know he doesn't want people who in any way got a hint of self preservation or selfishness in their makeup so that's that was an interesting little comment by Morgan which he, he came out with without being asked the question and he just said it sort of un, un, unprompted really so. Um, that's something that uh, Milan has to keep an eye on as well. You know, it, it's not a good thing if you're perceived as somebody who just wants to protect your numbers and get a bit of a red inker. That is fascinating. And, you know, the batsman um, at the striker's end for that delivery, Sam Billings. And there is another uh, interesting case, isn't it? A, a bit of an enigma, really. Seen as a bright new thing four years ago. Suffered through injury and lack of opportunity. But... Again, he's been given opportunity. David Milan has taken his opportunities. Sam Billings, once again, hasn't. Where are we with Sam Billings? Yeah, I mean, Sam Billings had a disappointing trip, actually. I mean, he was vice-captain, promoted to vice-captain. He was given the wicket-keeping gloves ahead of Johnny Bairstow, and Bairstow's here. He could have done it. Obviously, Butler's the normal keeper in white ball cricket, but uh, they decided to give Billings the gloves and to make him vice-captain. And... You know, you're right. Over the course of the last four years, he's not had many opportunities. You know, he's had, um, uh, you know, comes in at the end and, you know, half a dozen balls and so on. His previous innings for England actually was about 80-odd in St. Kitts in in the Caribbean earlier this year. Then he had a uh, a bad shoulder injury which needed an operation. So a a large chunk of his summer was was sort of um, missing because he, he was recovering from this shoulder operation. But he came here, they like him. You know, Bilbo is a great lad and he's bright and he's sharp, you know, good, a good cricket thinker and so on. But the honest truth is that there have been two or three games in this series when he could have won them for England and he hasn't. I mean, uh, he in Nelson, he, he was run out very early, even today. I mean, he, he probably got something like 11 off nine balls or something like that um, when England needed to score more quickly. And... Uh, it was only Jordan coming in and getting 12 off those final three balls, which which allowed England to tie the game. So Billings, you'd have to say, has had a, a, a disappointing trip. Yeah, hold that, please. Level five. Thank you. Ah, you must be one of our new interns. Yeah, hi. Nice to meet you. Hi. Now, the most important thing to know is to urge in the Bypassal Rise plug sale. The most important thing is what? Sorry. The single most important thing is to urge in the Channelized Bing Bingus of the Bypassal Rise plug sale, and you'll be fine. Uh, yeah, that sounds important. 
Does work chat all sound like gibberish to you? Find collaborative articles with tips from the LinkedIn community to help you get through those tricky conversations. Making work make sense? LinkedIn knows how. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, everyone. I've been on the go recently. Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago. If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash boast. Over to the test stuff now. We're heading up to Fongaray uh, later this week, just two, uh, two hours north of Auckland. Um, couple of warm-up games, uh, very different squads from the ones we've just seen, some familiar faces coming back, and also points of proof for England because the last four years have been about 50-over cricket. Um, and the Test team has trod water, I suppose, decent enough summer, winning or rather drawing 2-2 with Australia, not, not the worst result in the world, coming within 10 days of the World Cup, which took so much out of this squad. But um, the last time England were here... They were humbled, bowled out for 58 here in Auckland. Uh, and they're going to come up against a rejuvenated New Zealand side, a side that are above them in the test rankings, at least in the old test rankings. I have no idea what the World Test Championship is saying at the moment. But they're going to have their work cut out because they're going to be tested. Every chance Lockie Ferguson is going to be brought in to bolster the attack. And he's got good Red Bull pedigree as well. Uh, Neil Wagner, we know a lot about him. Trent Bolt, just back from injury. Possibly Southie's going to miss out, actually. Kane Williamson, who's been rested for this series, back in the side. Henry Nichols has had a brilliant 12 months, as has Tom Latham. Uh, Ross Taylor, we know so much about. It's going to be very, very difficult for England. Some would say possibly more difficult here in this two-test series than it will be in South Africa. And it's there's not many times in history that we've said that about uh, the, uh, the different... Um, uh, challenges that await the, the English side when putting those two nations back to back. Yeah, I mean, um, I think, you know, Ashley Giles, who's the sort of supremo, the boss of the England team, he says that, you know, for four years, 50 over cricket, white ball cricket, was the, was the, um, the absolute priority. They hired a coach in Trevor Bayliss who had a, a really strong white ball pedigree. And that was justified. It was it was it was tight, and it was a tie, it was a tie, and a super over tie, and all the rest of it. We, we know all about that. You know, England winning on countback boundaries, but uh, it was justified because England are the world fifty over champions. But now, uh, as you say, they've they've tread they've, you know, tread water in, in trodden water in, in in Test cricket, and the and the big focus. I mean, there's a lot of other stuff in between, but the big focus is trying to regain the ashes in Australia in twenty one twenty two. And Joe Root has made no secret of that. He's the test captain. He, you know, that's, that's his ultimate aim. And he wants extreme pace because the Aussies have shown, you know, that pace is the way to go, particularly in Australia. So we've got Archer, which is good. Wood, maybe. And maybe Saqib Mahmood has been picked at this early stage because he's got a bit of pace as well. And mystery spin. And that's why they've picked Matt Parkinson, not only for the T20 games, but also 
for the test squad. So that's the ultimate aim. But of course, in between, there's lots of important cricket. And uh, um, even though this test series is not part of the World Test Championship, you know, it's um, England got a new coach, obviously Chris Silwood. You know, he's won the T20 series with a team of sort of rookies and novices by and large. So that's that's good. Now, he's, you know, attention focused very quickly actually to the to the Test Series. I mean, uh, England played today on Sunday, travel on Monday, the warm-up start on Tuesday and straight into the Red Bull stuff. And as you say, it's big turnover. There's only four guys in the T20 stuff who are going to be involved in the Test Series. That's um, Joe Denley, Sam Curran, Saki Bermud and Matt Parkinson. But all the other big guns, you know, your Stokes, your Butlers, Roots, Broad, they're all back. So it's going to be all the big names, if you like, uh, are back, most of them. Um, Jimmy's not here, of course. But... Uh, it's going to be interesting. I, I, I'm really. I, I think it'll be a tight series. I'm, I'm, I'm hu- looking forward to it hugely, actually. Yeah, me too. And also, we're going to uh, catch up with Goffey as well at some point. Um, well, look, John, absolutely brilliant to have you on the show. Thanks so much for your time. Um, we will uh, see you in Fongaray. And uh, the following on Cricket Podcast, we'll be back uh, later this week. Myself and Darren Goff looking back at how his first week or so as uh, the interim or uh, part-time bowling coach for England has gone. And that two-day warm-up, which gets underway on Tuesday. Uh, thanks for listening to the following on podcast. Subscribe and review on Acast or iTunes. Thanks for listening. We'll be back in a few days. Hold that, please. Level five. Thank you. Ah, you must be one of our new interns. Yeah, hi. Nice to meet you. Hi. Now, the most important thing to know is to Ertzen the Biparsal Rise plug sale. The most important thing is what? Sorry. The single most important thing is to Ertzen the Channelized Bimbingus at the Biparsal Rise plug sale, and you'll be fine. Uh, yeah, that sounds important. Does work chattel sound like gibberish to you? Find collaborative articles with tips from the LinkedIn community to help you get through those tricky conversations. Making work make sense? LinkedIn knows how. At TalkSport, we absolutely love it when our fans get stuck in. That's why we want you to join us in The Dugout, a brilliant new TalkSport listener community. It's a place where you can tell us what sports you're into and who your favourite teams are. And tell us what you think we could do better, like big guests and new sports and that. You could win an Amazon voucher for taking part. What are you waiting for? Visit TalkSport.com dugout and get stuck in. 18 plus, terms and conditions apply.